tonight, Columbia brings you a guest star, Hollywood's genial character actor, Stuart Irwin. The story is by the author of The Thin Man and the Maldives Falcon, Dashiell Hennig, one of America's acknowledged masters of the art of Suspense is compounded of mystery and intrigue and dangerous adventure. In this series, a story is calculated to intrigue you, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation, and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. Tonight, for instance, Stuart Irwin plays for us a peasant, easygoing, assistant chief of police in a small town, who, to everyone's surprise, was instrumental in solving a murder. Trust that with this tale we can keep you in. For suspense tonight, CBS presents Stuart Irwin in Two Sharp Knives by Dashiell Hammett. Shortly after 2 a.m., a poker game had just broken up at Ben Campbell's. The doctor, coroner of Deerwood City. Scott Anderson, Deerwood Chief of Police, and Wally Payne, the Where are we heading for, Scott? Oh, across the street, Wally. Yeah, okay. See, aren't you afraid of the excitement, Steve? Don't you think that watching the 211 come in is apt to be too much for your blood pressure? Well, it is, Wally. You can always carry on. You've been a pretty good imitation of an assistant to me for some time now. Yeah? Yeah. If anything happens to me, you'll be the chief. Don't worry. It won't be any harder for you to fool the public, it's chief. Hi, Emma. Howdy, Scott. Uh, hello, Wally. Can't wait for you boys to be around, is it? No, I don't know. We sort of figured we'd put the town to bed tonight. How's the 211? On time? Right on the nose. You ought to be blowing to the bend in just about three seconds now. Yep. What'd that tell you? Yes, sir, now. Expecting anyone on it, Scott? No, I'm, I'm not expecting anyone. Well, and I just thought we'd come over and watch the commandments, so. You know, Alma, you never can tell who might get off, though. Dick Turpin, Henry Morgan, Jesse James, Dick, Jackson Ripper, the six officers of Mur Murder Incorporated, or even your aunt Gussie. I guess you're right, Wally. Well, here she be. Pardon me, Dick. I gotta be rolling the wagon out to the baggage car. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. 
For a moment there, I thought you weren't really a policeman. Yeah. Nice to know I look almost human. Yes, it was silly of me. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, let's get going now before anything else happens. Okay, fine. Get in the car. I'll drive, son. Anyhow. Headquarters? That? What for? Philadelphia? I, uh. I don't think I understand. You understand that you wanted in Philadelphia for murder, don't you? Murder? Why? That's ridiculous. Let's. Who told you that? Well, it's a thing he didn't make it up. But wait, there must be Take something. Take it easy now. We'll get down to headquarters. And I'll show you what I mean. circular on left to Furman. It was sent out by the Trans-America Detective Agency in Philadelphia. Take a look at it. Oh. Uh, $1,500 reward for the arrest and conviction of Lester Furman, alias Lloyd Fields, alias J.D. Carpenter, for the... for the murder of Paul Frank Dunlap in Philadelphia on December 8, 1942. Well, it's a lie. Oh, Furman, aren't you? Oh, yes. But that's your picture on the circular, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes, but I... Well, Scott, I see you and Wally got Furman, huh? Oh, hello, Judge. Oh, you lucky stiff. Now you two spill a gram and a half reward. Oh, never seen nothing like it. You know, if it ain't vacations in New York at the city's expense, it's reward, though. Judge, someday, if you don't remember you're the jailer around here, not the DA, hmm? you're going to be wearing your teeth on the outside of your lips, and I'll be the guys who arrange them that way. Daddy? Oh, uh, just because you caught a guy who's hot in Philadelphia. It's a lie. It's a frame-up. You can't prove anything. There's nothing to prove. I never killed anybody. I won't be free. I won't be free. Take it easy. You're wasting your breath on us. Save it for the Philadelphia police. We're just holding you for them. But it's not the police. It's the Trans-America Detective. Please turn you over to the Philadelphia police. Mr. Anderson, I... I... Well, then there's nothing I can do now. There's nothing any of us can do. Good morning. They have to take you now, and we won't party anymore till they come for you. What, I? Well, then you look through his bag. I'll give you his gun and pocket. Okay, Scott. Well, yeah. oh, he's got out. I'm not some business card. Two letters. And this $60, a book of checks, and a fill it up to a bank, and he's arriving in. What's with the bag, Wally? Not much. A couple of changes of clothes, some toilet articles, and. Oh, here's a 38. You loaded. Pretty little thing, isn't it? Okay, put those things when I got in the vault. All right, George. You can take Clement now and knock him up. This is the most ridiculous. Come on, I... darling, come on. We ain't had nobody in our little hotel for three days running. There you are. They'll have it all to themselves. Just like a sweet of the wrist. Fuck out. Go on in, you go. I tell you, you're all making a mistake. I demand to be allowed to get in touch with my lawyer. Hey, how about you boys cutting me in on a little of that blood money, huh? No, sure, George, sure. I'll forget all about that two and a half you've been on me for three months. Make them as comfortable as you can, George. Take care of him. Invaluable, huh? Yeah, now, if it was some bum, it didn't mean a nickel to you, George. Any day now, I'm going to forget that your uncle is county chairman and throw you back in the gutter just to see how high he'll bounce. None of that. Oh, cut I, I didn't mean nothing. That's right. all, George. Never mind of that. I'm going home now. Anything's urgent, I can reach there. But get this. I don't want to be disturbed. Unless it is urgent.
Charlie. What's what, what time? It's five after six in the morning. You'd better come right down, Scott. That fellow Furman hung himself. Huh? Furman hung himself? Yep, by himself, from the window bar. Get in a mangle. I'll be right in, Molly. Phone Dr. Hansley and tell him I'll pick him up on the way down. No doctor's going to do Furman any good, Scott. I don't want her to have him looked at. You better phone the chronic court at Douglasville, too, and file a routine report. Already did that. What's more, hold on to your seat. The DA's on his way over in person. The DA? Yeah. I'll be there before you hang up, Wally. Oh, he's just mad, running up right a phone bill on us, too. Didn't call him Philadelphia for a couple of minutes since he got here. What kept it so long? Ah, I couldn't get the car started. Now, let's come and see the old buddy. Oh, Ted? Listen, Scott, what is all this? Oh, what? There's some funny business going on here. What's funny about it? Man hangs himself. Just another case of suicide. So it was suicide. But I just telephoned Trans America. Got this guy out of bed there. And he said they'd never sent out circulars on Furman. Didn't know about any murder he was wanted for. All they could tell me about him was he used to be a client of theirs. You're updated. I don't either. Oh, a fine chief of police you are. What on earth kept you so long? That's all. Then it's good to the good. This is so crabby, sir. Nothing. I guess it's just the district attorney. Ah, oh, now, come, come, gentlemen. Nobody knows you two are staunch admirers of each other. <laughs> okay, Wally. Tell me. Well, there's plenty wrong, Scott. First, that Trans-America thing. They never send out circulars about Furman. And now, get this. I talked to the Philly police just before you came in. There wasn't even any Paul Frank Dunlap murdered. There wasn't? No. What did you get out of Furman before you let him hang himself? Didn't you grill him? Didn't you find out what he was doing in town? Well, he didn't. What for? He admitted he was Furman. The description fitted him. The photograph was him. The Trans-America Detective Agency is supposed to be on the level, ain't it? Philadelphia wanted firm, and we didn't. But I right, sure, Ted. If I'd have known he was going to hang himself. Yeah, but then if your aunt wore pants, you'd be your uncle. You said Furman had been that client of Trans-America. Did tell you what the job they did for him was? His wife left him a couple of years ago, and he had them hunting for her for five or six months. But he never found her. They're sending a man up here tonight to look things over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going out and grab a quick bite. I might as well tell you, Scott, there's going to be trouble over there. You know that, Ted. It usually is when somebody dies in a jail cell. Well, so what's become of that 1,500 fish now, huh, Scott? What happened there, Mr. George? Nothing. Nothing, honey, sir. Did you find him? Uh-huh. Wally well, took a look in here to see how things was before he went off duty, and he found him. Yeah, it's true, thank Well, uh, I was catching a nap, I guess, but everybody does that sometimes, Scott. Even Wally sometimes when he comes in off his beat to clean around. Yeah, but I always wake up when the phone rings or anything. Uh, well, suppose I had been awake. Can't hear a guy hanging himself, can you? Did that can't be how long time had been dead? He's done it about five o'clock, he said he did. Oh, you want to look at the remains, Scott? The overstep is undertaken, Paula. Not now. Hey, and speaking of firemen, what are you going to tell the guys from Trans America when they show up here tonight? Oh, 
Train, train. They told me I'd find you here. You're Keith Anderson, aren't you? Yes, that's right. I'm Carl Reeson, assistant manager of the Science America Detective Agency in Philadelphia. This is Mr. Wheelock, who was left to find his personal attorney. Is that an iron, Mr. Reeson? How do you do, Mr. Wheelock? How do you do? I know you gentlemen are already in possession of most of the details concerning Mr. Fellman from the time he arrived in Jailwood until the time of his death. But perhaps you don't know that the police of most towns in our corner of the state have also received copies of this same New World circular. Take a look at it. Oh, I must say this circular is an excellent forgery. You're sure it's a forgery, Mr. Reeson? Oh, yes. There's no doubt about it. But it's an excellent forgery. Tell me, Mr. Woodock, is this a permanent native of Philadelphia? No, oh, my, yes. He's a well-known, respectable, and prosperous citizen of Philadelphia. And then he In 1934, he married a 22-year-old girl named Ethel Bryan, daughter of a Philadelphia family. And a permanent native child? Isn't that right, Mr. Woodock? Yes, born in 1936, but the child lived only a few months. Mr. Fellman's wife disappeared after the child's death. And what year was it that you did say? Mr. Reason should remember that because his agency left on the matter. Oh, I remember well. Well, Mrs. Furman disappeared in 1937. We never heard anything of her again, although Furman spent a lot of money trying to locate her. What did she look like, Mr. Reason? Oh, just a moment, sir. I have a picture of her right here in my briefcase. Ah, ah, here it is. Quite pretty, isn't it? If you care for that fact. It seems to me, Mr. Reason. It seems to me, Unless they parted the hair. 
Thought you ought to know, though. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Yeah, do it. Anyway, after the baby died, I couldn't stand it anymore. 
Excuse me. Hello? Oh, yeah, Hamlet? Hmm? You gave Wally the message? Yes, yes, I want him to go to New York tonight. Okay, where is he? Home? Yes, home, huh? Okay, thanks. This is, uh, Foreman. Uh, this is circular. It's got your husband in the jail. You ever seen that picture before? No. What is it? I can't see. It's just a snapshot I have. Have? It's in the margin of it. Who else has one? Nobody would I know of. I don't think anyone else could have one. You still got yours? Yes. I remember whether I've seen it recently. It's some old papers and things. I must have it. Thomas is Thomas. Stuff like that has got to be checked up. Me and Robert can dodge it. There's two ways we can play it. Yes. Yeah. Simon, I can hold you here on suspicion until I've had time to investigate things. Or I can send one of my men with you to check up in New York. Yes. Yeah. I'm willing to do that if you'll speed things up by helping them all you can. If you promise you won't try any tricks. I promise. I'm thankful for All right. All right. How'd you come down? We drove down. We've got a great big car. That's my car, see? That big green job across the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My man can ride back with you, but no fun. Oh, I don't want to see. Come on. We're going to see Wally Shane, the man who's going to drive to New York with you. Wally? Who is it? Start, Wally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, you're reaching for that gun, Wally. What have you got to tell you? I guess you win, sir. Yeah, I guess I do. Come along back to headquarters with me like a good little boy. Wally, you're under arrest for murder. <laughs> Same thing, I get smoked straps into jam, the yen for easy dough. 
When I was in New York, Steve Scott, working that Dutton job for you, palling around with big shot racketeers, passing for one of them, and... Yes? Well, I got to figuring that my work takes more brains than theirs, and they're taking in big money, and I'm working for coffee and cake. That kind of stuff gets you, Scott. Anyway, it's got me. Mm-hmm. Then I ran into this Apple Furman, and he goes for me like a house of fire. I like to see you, see, so that's dandy. But one night, he tells me about how much dough her husband's got and how he feels about it, and I get to see you, see what? I think she's nuts enough about me to learn. So I get to thinking, suppose he died and left her his role. Mm-hmm. I see. So I run down to Philly a couple of afternoons and look firm enough, and everything looks fine. I'm just my time working out the details, meanwhile writing to her to a fellow in Detroit. Well, I decided to do it. I sent to the circulars out, to a lot of places, not wanting to point too much to this one. And then when I was ready, I sent Furman, telling him to come to Deerwood Hotel that night. And sometime before the next night, he'd hear from his wife, Ethel. I knew he'd call for any crap that was dated with her. Only I guess I'm not as sharp as I thought I was. Uh, Maybe I was. Maybe yeah. I didn't always help. Oh, then, Kenzie. Then, father, you have a thing. With a sharp knife. And the tough face. Huh? How you did it, Wally? You're always late. I know you did, Scott. I was counting on that. presents details of mystery and intrigue, dangerous adventure for your relaxation and enjoyment. Next week, suspense will not be heard. It was a special holiday broadcast. Columbia's review of the events of the year, 12 South Eight months. It has been scheduled. On the following Tuesday, January 5th, there'll be another in this city. Same hour, 9.30 Eastern Wartime. We cheer the producer, John Deese, the director, and Bernard Herman, the composer-conductor. Our collaborators on... This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs>